Hey guys, welcome to Digital Soup, a hilariously geeky podcast bringing you the best geeky conversations each and every week. Jason, let's get to it. All right, welcome back to Digital Soup, the only podcast that is at the exact same time, both innocent and not guilty. <laughs> oh, uh, anybody get that reference? Probably not. <laughs> nope. Not I do. I do. Dave does. <laughs> that was a, a line from our friends at the Digital Tavern Ah, when I went and visited them last week. Ah, oh, very good. Yeah, I just about spit out my Yoo-Hoo. <laughs> <laughs> Yoo-Hoo. Nice. Yes. You know, it's chocolate milk. You yep. got to shake it. Well, though. it's not milk. It's a chocolate drink. Well, okay, but make sure you shake it. You have so to, otherwise you get the weird chocolate clumps. Ch- Ooh, really? See, I've never actually had a Yoo-Hoo. I just thought maybe it uh, separated, and that's why you had to do it. It I is separated. It. But in the clumps? It's kind of, yeah. Okay, that is very unappealing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of unappealing, my name is Jason. Joining <laughs> 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 me in the virtual studio today is Adam and usually Dave. How's it going, geeks? <laughs> going good. <laughs> Excellent. Speaking of unappealing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had to throw myself under the bus before you did and then yep. backed over me like three times. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, gentlemen, we do have a very special guest today. What? Yes. All the way from the UK. His name's Jules. Mm. All right. Good evening. Hey, Jules. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How are you today? Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure. Our pleasure. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Jules, he is actually probably like a rock star to anybody in the emulation scene. Well, thank you. I'm not. I'm not convinced about that, but I appreciate. Oh, it. you're not. Okay. <laughs> well, let us convince you. Yes. <laughs> we'll lay some facts on you here. He is part of the team that actually has put together a sweet, sweet program that all of us run on our Raspberry Pi systems called RetroPie. And anybody that's in the emulation scene knows about RetroPie. So uh, we decided, hey, let's let's go to the source. Let's get uh, these guys on. Um, the other guys all gave us the middle finger, but Jules was like, all right, yeah, I'll come on in. I'll talk to you guys for a little bit. Like so a we, rock star would. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, he knows he knows <laughs> how to, you know, uh, be there for his fans. You know, he's not all about, you know, uh, hey, I got to go back into the back room with the groupies. He's he's all about the, oh, the, the fans out that are out watching him perform. Oh, right? man. <laughs> I, I'm not following this conversation. Oh, you're not? So. Well, I'm trying to do the rock star thing. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, Jules, thank you for joining us today. And, you know, for anybody that uh, doesn't know what RetroPie is and... You know, basically for our listeners, majority of them probably know because they're all geeks. But can you just tell us a little bit about what RetroPie is? So RetroPie is a system for running emulators on a Raspberry Pi, and actually also on the piece on a PC running Debian or Ubuntu Linux. But it's re- it's really a, a group of emulators packaged together. But we have an image which you can run directly on the Raspberry Pi with everything set up, ready to go. And and I love it. I mean, I've built... I, I bet you I've built at least 20 now. I just shipped out really? another one today for Dave's uh, nephew. Yeah. So that, that's in route. 
every single one of them is running retro pie. I mean, I, I don't want that. Uh, what's the other one called? Something box or something? Well, the, yeah, there's there's a few options, and obviously we get on really well with uh, all the other projects. <laughs> oh, so, so I should have. <laughs> <laughs> who, who cares about those guys? You know what I'm saying? It's all but, about the um, retro pie. Yeah, there's recall <laughs> box, and there's recall also box. lacquer, which is lacquer is the official uh, setup image for. Um, uh, retro arch and the lib retro cores which we also use a lot of their work in in our in our um, system sweet and just so our listeners know what we're talking about here now as jules explained what it is it's like a front end to where he has you know they've compiled all the different emulators and just a beautiful interface that you can i mean you can skin this any way you want it's it's you know make it look however you want it's it's an awesome image that you know, you just download the image and then you they say burn it, but you're not really burning it onto an SD card. We're still thinking back in the days of uh CD burners, which again didn't really burn, it just <laughs> I don't know why they always called it burning, but anyways, you just copy the image onto your SD card and then you know you acquire your legally downloaded ROMs and put them onto your uh, SD card and you're able to play them on your 70 inch. 8k television and if you have never seen atari 2600 on an 8k television <laughs> you need to go buy that right now and play some Something i mean to behold. adventure is amazing i mean that <laughs> that block that you are is the size of your head <laughs> on a you know 8k uh 80 inch television oh well, yeah up converted yes converted now i probably simplified it a little bit but i was trying to simplify it for dave yeah i am the uh non-techie here I, I love gaming, but I am a very much not that smart when it comes to tech. And as Adam has said many times, he don't speak well. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't say words good. Doesn't say words good. That's what it is. <laughs> so um, we have some uh, different things we wanted to ask you, but Dave has a really good question. Dave, why don't you go ahead and ask your question? Because I'm really curious about the answer to this one. Well, yeah. I mean, what I was wondering, Jules, is... The RetroPie f for this classic gaming and stuff, it, it's, I mean, I mean, you created it, so it's tailor-made, obviously, but I, I don't mean it that way, but it, it's a vehicle that gets us into that nostalgic feeling of enjoying those games from our childhood. What I'm wondering, was there a specific game, you know, growing up or something like that, that, that really kind of spearheaded you into wanting to create this because you wanted to revisit it, but just couldn't, or... Was there was there anything along those lines that kind of pushed you into the 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 adventure, I guess, of of um, retro pie? Actually, my involvement really uh, came because of a Kickstarter project, which was a Piecade arcade tabletop cabinet, and ah. there was two pieces of software that went on that. Retro pie already existed because okay. retro pie was founded in two thousand and twelve. Um, by a German guy called Florian, and there was that, and there was another option called Pi Play, which ran on the Raspberry Pi back then, and I thought that they could be improved upon. So it wasn't necessarily a game, but uh, and I don't know if I have a particular game that I really like, but there's, I've got many games that I still play currently, so I suppose okay. some of those are quite important to me. Currently playing <laughs> Sensible Soccer. Which is a which is a classic. It's good after a beer, <laughs> and it's weird to hear you call it soccer too, because it's actually football. 
It is football. It is. Yeah, football. I, I just had to correct you there because I am the sports aficionado. Oh yeah, listen to him. I am the worldwide sports aficionado. Don't here. let Jason correct anything. <laughs> yeah, you can just yeah, tell you, him. The, you don't the want to see my phrase. autocorrects on my phone. They're horrendous. So, so, Jules, how did you get involved with the project, uh, being that it was already started? So, when I was playing around with emulators on the Raspberry Pi, I installed both Pi Play and RetroPie, and I quite like RetroPie, but I thought it could be improved. So I started uh, submitting changes back to the project, mm. and it just moved on from there. And now I'm kind of running the project, but along with lots of other people helping out. So it's a team effort anyway. Oh, very cool. But how many people are in on this project right now? That's a difficult question, but I did look up some numbers <laughs> earlier in case you asked. Um, yeah, he's prepared. But actually, the in terms of the code base, I mean, there's been 116 different contributors, but that wow. could be from any anyone just contributing a few lines of code. Um, but the the project's run by me, uh, Herb Gizmo. These are not real names. Um, <laughs> And there's lots of other developers. We have a group on Hangouts where there's a few of us that chat about stuff, and there's about 12 people on there. What kind of code is it? So RetroPy itself is a combination of various different pieces of software. There's a setup script, which is the core code, which is actually just written in Bash shell scripting, but okay. has a few components that are written in Python. But then you've got the front-end emulation station, which we now develop but we didn't start it now i do have a question for you with this you know working on this project and stuff what is your background in uh computer programming i mean how did you come about it was a schooling or is it just something you picked up on your own well a long time ago when i was nine um i wanted a commodore 64 so got a zx spectrum well the family got a zx spectrum and after playing the two cassette games that came with it i <laughs> went through the manual which had all the typing listings and so i think that kick-started it my grandfather also programmed as well at the time so that that helped uh, and it was just a hobby really that really makes me feel bad though because you and i basically started out the same now i had the uh we had talked about this before when we we're setting stuff up but i had the color computer the coco and I did the same thing you did. I had a tape deck, and what I would do is uh, I had this magazine I would have. Uh, it was called Coco something, but it was a monthly magazine I would get, and in the back was always these programs that you could type all in, and they were like you know rudimentary racing games and you know, adventure games, that type of stuff, and I would type it all in, and then I would play the game for that month, and then I'd wait you know, for the next uh, issue to come out. And so we kind of started at the same place, but that's where mine ended. <laughs> and then yours just kept progressing to where you're at now. So, yes, a um, little bit of jealousy here on my part. I didn't have any friends, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, who says Jason does either? Yeah, exactly. I was say, he didn't make friends with us till he was in his 30s, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was in my 20s. All right. We've never actually met him. He's just uh, <laughs> He pays us. Online friends. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> They're both live in Canada. Yeah, I got friends in Canada. Yeah. You betcha. <laughs> hey, uh, Jules, I, I, I'm curious about something because, you know, you, you started this early just as a hobby. And myself, this this is going to sound kind of out of left field, so follow me. But 
I've been, I, I picked up, I started drumming at an early age, started photography at an early, uh, well, not an early age, but you know, fairly early and you know, a lot of, a lot of creative pursuits. And, and that's what I did in gaming was, was kind of the fun thing. How do you find like coding and getting into that at a young age? How do you find that's kind of shaped things for you? You know, as far as moving from that nine-year-old that just wanted to wanted to experiment with this stuff and, and turning that into something now where you literally just did um, something I, I preach about a lot on, on my other show in, in terms of creativity. You wanted to see something made and you just did it. How do you, how do you think that how important was it that you, that you started early and, and just enjoyed it as a hobby rather than just saying, you know what, I can go to school for this or something like that. I mean, in terms of how it progressed, I'm not sure necessarily that the fact I started when I was nine made mm -hmm. much of a difference, but I think it was more just uh, the interest in it. And yeah. I mean, it has shaped my life pretty much because I now, my job is programming, not very interesting programming, but I do get paid for you know sure. doing those e-commerce websites and things like that. But mm -hmm. um Oh no! I just sort of I just found with things like RetroPie and some other projects that I've done before, I always just felt oh, I like that, but I think that can be done differently, and that's mm -hmm. sort of how I got into a lot of projects. I've I run an old website called Exotica. It's not porn. Um, <laughs> Good thing you said that. <laughs> which is about an um, Amiga music and Amiga game music, and it's got box art and music from the Amiga and that's I started that website in 1997 and the reason I started wow. that was GeoCities? Um, actually it was hosted in Sweden at a university originally Oh, okay. but the reason I started that was because I couldn't find certain things online and I had some music from the Amiga on my hard drive and I wanted to share it so it started that way so you were like Trent Reznor before Trent Reznor was Trent Reznor. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Maybe. know the reference. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Nine Inch Nails. Have you heard of? I have heard of. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pretty Hate Machine. Uh, that entire album was created on a computer, and then he just he sang. It was a one man show. He did the entire album, uh, him the vocals, and then all the music was done on his computer. I think it was. Uh, didn't he use Fruity Loops, Dave? Uh, Back then, idea. no. I'm or not sure you... like a like a precursor to Fruity Loops. Mm, I don't know. I'm not sure you should compare me to talented people. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great quote. I want to use that myself. <laughs> don't compare me to talented people. <laughs> we should make a shirt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, if we ever do get that digital soup apparel lineup, we'll have to have Jules make our website for us. There you go. E-commerce site. Heck yeah. Hey, now, speaking of games here, I'm sorry if I interrupted somebody here, but you would talk that there wasn't a specific game that kind of got you into the whole RetroPie uh, project, but I do have a question for you. If you could only have one classic game for the rest of your life, which one do you think you would pick? Which one is your absolute favorite go-to classic game? Flappy Bird? <laughs> okay, I don't consider that classic, dude. No. <laughs> what is Flappy Bird? Hold on. You well, know what Flappy Bird is, dude. It was huge for a while. And then the developer pulled it off of there. Yeah, because he made too much money. Literally, he said he pulled it because he made too much money. 
I've never heard that in hmm. my life. That is very I, I honestly, I honestly have never heard of this, so I've got some research to do after <laughs> the show. Wow, living under a rock much there? I, well, I, I live in, I <laughs> live in a corner of the world where you know things take a good ten years to to get hmm. to us. So uh, we just finally got a, a disc man up here. <laughs> CDs are going to be the next big thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's let Jules actually answer the question right. <laughs> instead of going way off into Flappy Bird Land. I'm sorry about that. Um, actually, <laughs> I suppose the game which I I lost two years to Frontier Elite Two on the Amiga. Mm. So probably what that was game. it? Frontier, Frontier Elite. Elite Two. Oh, is that space, a space, space trading okay. and open yep. universe? And it was amazing. I played the original cool. Elite, but not as much as I played Frontier Elite Two. Now, I never played that, but I did play a lot of X-Wing back in the day. Uh, that was my, one of my classic PC flight sims. That was an excellent game. Yeah, I love that game. Adam was too young for that. I, don't, I think he was still probably not even born. Probably. <laughs> You're really <laughs> old. Adam is like, I, I think he's the bigger Star Wars geek than Dave, but they're pretty dang close. But I, th I do think Adam edges him out because Adam plays all the games where Dave doesn't. That's what gives him the edge. Well, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Have any of you played that new um, Elite game? No. 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 It was originally, was it Kickstarter originally? I've not played it. I think I backed it, but I don't think I've got the uh, hardware to run it. Oh, so it needs some pretty high-end hardware? Uh, well, you probably also have to have Windows. I'm sure it won't run on uh, Linux. I don't think it does, no. Even in Wine. I need to, st I need to stop backing Windows games that I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. play. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the game? Is it Elite Dangerous? That one, no. yeah, I think. Oh no, was it? It's it. It was a few years ago, maybe four years. Oh, the ago, older three, one, three, four years ago. Okay, because yeah, Elite Dangerous. I know I've I've got a uh, my nephew, the one that uh, Jason just put the retro pie together. He actually has been playing that. That's a giant. That's the one, if I remember right, that they're saying they've only um, unlocked like something crazy, like ten percent of the map or something. That was released back in twenty fourteen, actually. It's been around yeah, that's a while. The one I just looked. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That one, I, I, I showed you guys that one uh, yeah, a little while that. back. Yeah. Because I thought it looked interesting as yeah. a co op thing. But yeah, I haven't played it, but it's definitely one I uh, should actually give that a to try. Look into. It almost feels like it's so, you know, with something that large, is it daunting to get started playing? Well, I don't, I don't think so, you know, because they, they've got a giant map that is, as of yet by players, so much of it is, you know, completely undiscovered. So you can just kind of go do whatever you want. Well, oh. no, we like this. I don't know much about it, but what, what was the, the premise? You said the original, that was on the Amiga? Yeah, I played Frontier Elite 2 on the Amiga. I think that was okay. on the PC as well. And okay. I had played the the first Elite on the on the BBC Micro, which was a good version of it. But I think that was on uh, the original Elite was on on all the eight bit and uh, machines and the sixteen bit machines. Okay. Uh, now uh, you said something I do not know. Uh, the BBC Micro. Yeah, that was a uh, product from Acorn Computers, which is connected to. Um, later became ARM, actually, I suppose, in a way. Hmm. Oh, the the same processors that Apple's going to start using in their new generation. Yeah, you had <laughs> so you had a, you had Acorn computers, and I think then they brought out the Archimedes, and you had they brought out the RISC, the early RISC CPU. Okay, and I think that they that progressed into ARM. But I, my my history is poor on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take your word for it because I don't know that history either. We had these in schools, these BBC micros. So okay. they were, 
they Armies were, to be a risk. They got all the school all the school contracts. So every school had a BBC Micro back in the day. Okay. Wow. And nowadays, every school has the uh, Chromebooks. I know that all the elementary schools around here and the high schools, they... They do the Chromebooks for the students. I've never used Chrome OS, so I don't even. I mean, I guess it's just like a Chrome browser, and then you just has apps that run in it or something. Basically, I, I need I need to get one sometime and mess with it. Yeah, you should. I know. I'm what not thinking anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, when I was talking to you earlier, and you had mentioned something about your trademark had at one point been stolen from you. Someone had registered it. This is something I did not know could happen. I understand things like this can happen, but I mean, with you having uh, so much documentation online, et cetera, uh, everybody knowing what RetroPie was, and then somebody could just swoop in and take it from underneath you. Uh, can you explain what exactly what happened? Yes. Yeah, so I I was really just interested in the coding. So things like trademarks, um, that wasn't even in my thought processes. And then I think I got an email at some point that an American guy had uh, registered the RetroPie trademark in the US and then was... Dave! (laughs) Not me. (laughs) And, and, um, yeah, uh, was then using it to take... So they were selling RetroPie with games uh, on their website and they they bought the RetroPie trademark... And then we're using that to take down other people selling anything that was even just compatible with Retropoy. So even just someone selling a Raspberry Pi pack, uh, which didn't even come with Retropoy, but just had the word Retropoy in the auction name. They were using it to take down the competition. And when we questioned them about it, they said they were doing it to protect us. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Oh, that's so nice. Which was really, yeah, which was really kind of them. And we asked them um, not to. Um, and then we wrote about it online and they got some bad press and decided, and they agreed at some point, I think, to, they said they were going to cancel their trademark. At that point, I think I'd already put out a message asking for help from people that understood you know trademarks and things like that basically some legal help and i actually got there was a a fantastic attorney uh who worked for eckland and blando who i think was retropie user and he offered me a lot of help they did they did a whole load of uh pro bono work sourcing our trademark it took a long time and there was a lot of paperwork i believe but because the the person who registered it originally uh, said they were going to cancel it, but they they didn't do it correctly. So there was a lot of sorting out. So has the uh, situation been fully resolved at this point? Yes. Uh, so it took over a year, but now as of last year, May last year, we own the U.S. trademark for Retropie, and because of this uh, whole problem. We registered uh, Retropie in the EU. There was also a problem with the Australian trademark as well because someone did exactly the same thing in Australia. Um, There's a lot of people out there that I I think like making money and Mm -hmm. that's not our primary concern, but we've now had to spend money to kind of protect ourselves from these people that 
want to make a quick buck. Exactly, mm. because uh, what what they're doing, I mean, just for the common man, they see retro pie. It you know, it doesn't matter what country they're in. They they just think, well, the retro pie company, you guys, they're not you know thinking, well, maybe you know it's another company just using the name. And you, you know, you know the legality of ROMs. You know, uh, you know, you don't include any of those in your images. But like mm -hmm. you said, these other companies, you know, these other people that stole the trademarks were supplying your software along with the ROMs, which could have got you in a lot of copyright issues. Yeah, I mean, even then, and there's nothing we can really do about it, unfortunately. I mean, but right now, it's very easy to find people that are selling Retropoly with roms well, and some of these people um i get facebook I, every day i go on facebook i get adverts of companies selling retro pie <laughs> it's and there's nothing i can do about it In that's fact, what i was just going to ask about because there's retro pie your source code is open on git right right and so people can take a fork of, of you know, or a branch off of this and kind of develop it themselves and bundle it and, and that's completely fine legally yeah. if they want to do that within the license of the software. I mean, mm -hmm. our, our main code, our RetroPie setup is GPL licensed, so that's fine. Some of the emulators we ship with on our image have non-commercial licenses, so technically you can't sell a okay. pre-made image with which includes any of those emulators. And some of them, the important ones, have that license. The version, the old versions of MAME we we include main licenses change now, but that's the oh, arcade okay. emulator. Uh, but also things like um, uh, the snares emulator is a non-commercial one, I believe. Okay, you know it was so interesting you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing. I've seen so many different advertisements for different, you know, no-name systems coming out of China, or the one that rapper sold, Jason. Who was that one? Um, uh, what was that called? It was uh, the something boy. Oh, Soldier, Boy. Soldier, Soldier Boys. Yeah, but what Soldier was Boy was selling it. The <laughs> I hope he didn't call it the Game Boy. <laughs> no. Do you, Do you know who Soldier Boy is, Jules? I'm not sure. No. He's so a U.S. rapper, yeah. and he decided. Oh, I that, do. Yes, yes. Yeah, he decided he was going to get into uh, the emulation scene, and he was selling a home console and a portable console loaded with uh, ROMs, <laughs> and he thought that there was going to be no issues until Nintendo. They've got lawyers. Yeah, as as Negan <laughs> would say, Nintendo shut that down. Yeah, he it was called the Soldier Game Handheld and the Soldier Game Console, and he was bundling it. Let's see, what was it doing? They were selling for one hundred and fifty bucks and ninety nine ninety nine re respectively. Hmm. It's re <laughs> but it had you all know, the games bundled in it. How are you supposed to do that? You think his agent or somebody would have said, um, yeah, Soldier, uh, I don't think this is going to fly. Mm -hmm. So how many of these systems that are out there are kind of based off the RetroPie technology versus just having with somebody loading the emulators on there and making a rudimentary menu system to get into each one? Well, certainly a lot of these pre-made systems I've seen advertised on Facebook are RetroPie, but I'm certain some of them use other um, other emulation systems as well, like Lacquer and okay. uh, probably Recoilbox on some of them. But n none of these projects want their work sold with ROMs because obviously it associates the name with piracy. Right. You know? Of course, like you said, everybody wants to make money. Everybody wants to make a buck, but you're tarnishing somebody else's name if you're doing stuff like that. 
I mean, it's like paying a college uh, to get your kids into it, even though they never played sports. I mean, that's something you don't want to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring it to a topical, nice, very political problem. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that happened in the U.S. with an actress. Uh, yeah, I, I understand if you don't understand what I'm talking about there, Jules. I just fly off on the cuff, you know, here and there. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so you probably get this question a lot, Jules, but um, as far as the future of RetroPie, where things are going, what's next for it, sir? Anything on the horizon? Is it um, anticipating retirement? the next release? <laughs> retirement? Sweet. <laughs> that sounds good. That's sweet for us, Adam. Sweet for him, but not us. There's, well, yeah. There's a new version due, like now. Well, actually, it's overdue, really. Um, there's a few bits and pieces that need finishing up. So RetroPie 4.5 should be out soon. I don't know how long soon is, but mm. not too long. But I need to finish up. I need to write the change log, which I hate doing because everyone hates writing <laughs> documentation. So. Yep. Hey, now, can I ask you a favor here, Jules? You can ask. Uh, now, your last release, it was, uh, what was it, called Stretch? So that's the base. So that's the base version of Raspbian that our image uses. Ah, uh, okay. So the last version of RetroPie is 4.4, but it we, you install RetroPie on top of another operating system. So our image for the for the Ras uh, for the Raspberry Pi is RetroPie installed on top of Raspbian. Mm. Okay. So the the stretch name wasn't anything that you guys uh, no. named or coined. No, that no, that's, that's unrelated. But that's just the version of Raspbian. Dang it! I was okay. Well, now I have to call you know contact the Raspbian people because I would really like the next iteration to be co codenamed Digital Soup. <laughs> Get them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be well, hilarious. You know. I, I've I've. Isn't there a Jules is like these guys that? are idiots. <laughs> there might be. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking about though when you said you know the goals you know retirement, um, it, it made me think of something though with ret, with ret, I can't talk with RetroPie, um, because the software works so well. Have have you looked into what it would take to approach someone you know like a Nintendo where, um, you know we we've talked about it here before where it's the the whole emulation thing such a dicey thing because because of the copyrights and everything else, but these companies aren't putting out um, the the ROMs for, for people to buy. Ha have you guys thought about looking to one of these systems, one of these companies with the classic gaming, Sega, Nintendo, Atari, whatever it is, and saying, look, we would like to essentially give you the the software for you to put this out into a you know Nintendo-branded, fully purchase through Nintendo and, and work out some kind of blockbuster um, you know deal there to let you let you retire and also let people get get their hands on some of these classic games fully legally through you know their their companies and, and respective copyright owners I think you raise a couple of interesting points I mean for for us it's certainly we're not interested in any kind of commercialization aspect and we could never do that anyway because mm -hmm. of the license of the emulators. But certainly I think uh, it would be nice if more ROMs were legally available. Uh, mm -hmm. Some are, I think some of the Sega ROMs are available on Steam 
there's a thread on our forum which has a, a bunch of sources for legal ROMs. I'm not sure I'd probably want to start a dialogue with Nintendo because they probably don't like us. Um, <laughs> True. And be, because our be... name is unfortunately associated with all these images yeah. which ship with ROMs, mm-hmm. I, I do worry about, for example, Nintendo. Yeah. Noticing us and conversation not might not us. go well. Mm. You know, you know who probably would like to, uh, you know, quote unquote, get in bed with you. Atari with their their Atari box they're bringing out or the VCS or whatever, because it's supposed to have modern gaming and classic gaming. If they could utilize the RetroPie interface, uh, provide their own emulator, and you know. The, the system, the interface, you would be the next Xbox or PlayStation uh, interface for the system, and you just access all of the classic gaming like that or the modern gaming. That's what you need to do. Contact Atari. I, they need help. I'd be, very, I'd be very happy if they wanted to hire me. I mean, no doubt. But yeah. the I, it's, it's kind of out of our jurisdiction, really, because right. we just... Many of the emulators we ship with, we may contribute back to the projects with fixes here and there, but we don't write them. So we don't Mm. develop all the emulators ourselves. So, I mean, for example, the PlayStation, uh, the mini PlayStation console, I've forgotten the name of it. Right. That used an an emulator which we actually include in RetroPie, but we don't write that. So it's not really... RetroPie is more middleware. Well, I mean, RetroPie really is just a system that packages up other things and makes it easy to set up. Yeah, well, and it does. Beautiful uh, UI. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) Kudos, because I think the interface is brilliant. I assume you're referring primarily to Emulation Station because uh, our configuration GUIs, the text configurations, uh, may not be that beautiful but emulation yeah, I, I, I guess beautiful. i do think more yeah. of emulation station unfortunately i i do apologize but you did say now that you basically do all of the uh coding for emulation station well certainly not me personally because that's one of the parts that i touch the least but there there are a fair few developers so we emulation station was originally written by someone called aloshi and they haven't developed it now for a couple of years. So we forked it, um, and the code's obviously still available on GitHub, and we've just tweaked it here and there and made some improvements. I've done very little, and other, some other contributors have done much more than me. And there's, there's things been, been things added, uh, like grid view. There's also been a lot of optimizations and speed-ups on it. Now, I have a question specifically with the current high-end Raspberry Pi, which is the the B+. Yeah, the 3, the 3, yeah. Yeah, the 3 B+. Sorry, yeah. What I was going to say was N64 and PlayStation, you know, the original PlayStation, a lot of the original PlayStation does work, but it's it's not perfect. Is that 100% a limitation of the hardware, or is there more tweaking that can be done with the emulators to actually get... Uh, a better frame rate and a better, you know, experience with like the N64 and the PSP, etc. Yeah, I mean, PlayStation should be full speed, but certainly things like N64 and Dreamcast won't be on the Raspberry Pi 3. And it's mostly GPU limited because of the way they emulate. 
So they used uh, OpenGLES and the Raspberry Pi has quite an old GPU. Okay, so do you think you'll ever code uh, for an external uh, GPU uh, to hook up to your Raspberry Pi? <laughs> I'm not sure that's possible, but the Raspberry Pi 4 will open up new avenues and should be a lot faster. And there are other boards that you can run RetroPie on, or not if not RetroPie, Lacquer or Recall Box. Mm -hmm. um, there's boards from Asus, the Tinker board, there's the Odroid boards, and they have um, faster GPUs. An N64 emulation should be faster on those boards. I have them, and I have done some RetroPie work on them. But I'm not really up to scratch on how good things run. Okay, what what do you think about the Ojoid XU4? Is it is it a pretty good board? Um, I've used it just to get RetroPie working on it, but I wouldn't say I've used it enough to make a judgment. It's oh, certainly okay. powerful, and it's a bit more money, of course, a fair bit more money actually. I think than the Raspberry yeah. Pi. I think 3. it's like double, right? Right. Basically. Now, uh, I guess this is a question I, I didn't even think about until just a second. But is RetroPie are the emulators are they using all the cores of the the Raspberry Pi and then of the Odroid? Because I believe the Odroid is eight core, right? Yeah. So well, probably not really because the way emulation works, it's it's very difficult to write code that would efficiently use multiple threads on a CPU. I mean, you okay. might have, for example, the rendering thread. And the emu and the main CPU emulation on two different threads on two different cores, but really, it's I mean multiple cores help having the system generally run quicker, but mm -hmm. it's not utilized by emulation. So what you're saying is basically it's it as you had said earlier it's really GPU limited then it's not uh, the processor for the for the N64 and Dreamcast it's G, it, the current bottleneck on the Raspberry Pi 3 I would say is GPU not CPU for other emulation like arcade games on MAME it can be CPU limited okay all right, now I've been thinking about picking up one of those uh, Oldroids in because I really wanted to mess with it. Now I am not a programmer, so you know I sometimes I don't understand everything that like you know even Adam says, and you know Adam programs for a living too. Uh, I I wish I was in that world, but I mean uh, basically all I can do is you know ten print high, twenty go do ten. I mean that's all I can do, and uh, I, I'm very. <laughs> you want to join the Rich Pro team? <laughs> 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 yeah as long as i can program in basic and not visual dude i can only do basic <laughs> very limited basic <laughs> well, and even visual basics old yeah i know that's what <laughs> that's the joke i okay. i i i i basically dave and Q i basic. have the same programming skills <laughs> I, I did take Sweet. one time back when i was in college in 1996 I had a, I think it was Visual Basic, a, a quarter, so what would that be, just a couple months, of a class in, in Visual Basic Basics, and I remember zero of it. Oh, okay. Sweet. You're hired. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> hired. <laughs> good interview. Good interview, yeah. Dave. You're hired. Yeah. I wouldn't consider this an interview as I would consider it a job interview. <laughs> so how did he do, Jules? I don't know who's going for the job here. <laughs> well, Dave has his one <laughs> class from 96 that he doesn't remember. <laughs> and I at least know how to do two yeah. lines of basic. Yep. Jason knows how to go to another statement inside the code block. 
<laughs> An infinite loop until you hit escape. Um, right. <laughs> now, uh, we know that uh, you know you're you're a programmer. You do uh, web programming, etc. Uh, but have you have you uh, created any other programs or apps or anything for like any mobile devices that we might know? No, but I have done a couple of other projects. Again, just contributing to things. I wouldn't say they're my own projects necessarily. But I, for example, I did work on um, XPMC for the Xbox a little bit, mm. and I run the current XPMC for Xbox org site, which is. Which needs updating, actually. I want to revisit that at some point and just do a few okay. tweaks. Um, That's the whole I've theater worked, I've worked right? on a few other things, but really nothing very interesting that anyone would want to hear about. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's cool that you mentioned uh, the Xbox Media Center because I remember when that originated is uh, the original Xbox I had it modded, and I had that installed on it. And, oh, man, that was just amazing, I thought, at that time. Um, everything you do and then uh, it was released i remember later on the pc and i was able to download it for the pc and then where where else is that where else has that gone what other hardware has that been on well now i mean now of course cody is the current version and yeah. it runs on loads of devices that's right including I raspberry pi and my involvement was really very late it was when um it was about 2009 or 2010 when the project was ditching support for the original Xbox. So really all I got involved in was trying to improve the the old Xbox version because it had already moved on by that point. So I was just trying to keep the Xbox alive a bit. Uh, you remember that, right, Dave? Because when I modded yours, that's what I put on it too. I, I never had a modded Xbox. Who I, I modded other people's. Who did I mod? I swore mm, it was yours. Doesn't even no. remember. Oh, man. Not mine. I know. I, I spent a small fortune buying games. We went over that story because oh, when I yeah, and when I, I, I had my... Yeah. I, I spent a small fortune on Gamefly, and then as soon as the game came in, I'd rip it to my hard drive oh. and send it back and get the next one and rip it to my hard drive Jeez. and send it back. This so guy. do products like XPMC or Cody, I mean, similar to emulation, the product itself doesn't provide content or unlicensed or licensed content. That's kind of... Whoever whoever's using it, right? Uh, do they, but run they have the same problems? Of course, yeah. with The add-ons and I was just going to ask: do they do they run into the same thing where somebody takes that product and runs yeah, with think, it and says, "Here's I think Here's so, my... and it's probably even worse for them. Um, Cody is a lot more organized than we are, um, which isn't very difficult to be. Well, it's not <laughs> difficult to be uh, <laughs> less organized, I suppose. But the yeah, quit putting yourself down, dude. Okay. but they i mean they've had they've had tons of problems with these huge websites full of add-ons which are just designed for streaming uh copyrighted content and it associates their name with piracy and i think i i think in fact um they had a problem before with their with cody not being allowed on the amazon store because of this i think that all got resolved a long time ago but it certainly has affected them and i I know they're not happy about people uh, selling mm. Cody with add-ons. There was actually someone in the UK that was prosecuted for it. Oh, man. Mm. So, yeah, it's, that's got to make it really, really difficult for anybody that's passionate about developing these things to run into those kind of roadblocks and, you know, because somebody's taking it and doing bad stuff with it. Right, and I mean, you know, with things like RetroPie, 
we provide the software. What people do with it is, you know, up to them. We've seen people have games or will find games in a way which is legal, but it's really up to them what they do with it. But we certainly don't want people selling our software with games um, because then our name is suddenly associated with the commercial piracy. Sure. Now, uh, how do you go about deciding which emulator for each system that you're actually going to incorporate into RetroPie? Does it does it have to be a current one in development, uh, or is it just you know one that's no longer developed but it's highly stable? I mean, what's your criteria in deciding which ones you use? Well, for the Raspberry Pi, it's a bit of a balance between um, not not well, it's not necessarily the latest version of a specific emulator, but the one which runs best on the hardware. Uh, in RetroPie, we have, for example, maybe six different SNES emulators, all based off the original SNES code. But various uh, editions of it, so old, so so older versions, perhaps. So for the Raspberry Pi one and two, an older version would run better than maybe a newer version of the emulator. So depending on a Raspberry Pi one, uh, we install a different default SNES emulator than we do on a Raspberry Pi two or three, where it's a slightly newer one. It's the same core, but uh, with more modern changes which require a little bit more CPU power. But it's really just uh, based on a balance between what runs best. So you're actually still releasing RetroPie images for the original Raspberry Pi? Yeah, we we released two images currently, one for Raspberry Pi 0 and 1, and one for the Raspberry Pi 2 and 3. Okay. Now, can you still purchase um, even two? I, I guess I've never looked into that, uh, but I, I just thought the latest uh, version would be the only one you'd be able to actually purchase anymore. I think so. I don't actually know. I think it's still available. I'd Certainly the Raspberry Pi Zero is available. Yeah, that's kind of like a side project. That's not like its main... Well, there's there's so many floating out there, though, still, Jason, right? Yeah, but it's 35 bucks. If a newer version comes in, you just take that old board, throw it in the garbage, and get the new board. <laughs> I know people that won't spend 99 cents on an app. <laughs> so I told I told you not to tell people. About Sorry, that. Dave. <laughs> that was always the interesting thing for me. It's like I'm not spending 99 cents. And when I was a kid, I would go spend 20 bucks in quarters at yeah. the arcade for. <laughs> Ten minutes later, I'm done. Eh. Yes, right. oh, I'm, that was I'm standing on my principle. It's strange That's... that, right? I mean, people don't think about <laughs> paying maybe two, three bucks for a coffee, but an app, people don't want to spend yeah. money. Oh, exactly. And, and see, I hate the the freemiums or the freebie ones. I wish they all cost money because I nothing more that I hate is these stupid ads constantly. Uh, get this bonus for the day if you watch this video. I hate those. Just let me buy the app outright. I'll pay ten bucks, and I've paid ten, fifteen bucks for the you know the Final Fantasies and the Dragon Quests. You know, the, I enjoy that. I don't want all those ads. Tell you what, Jason, you can pay me ten bucks per app. I'll I'll pay the ninety nine cents. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been I've been known to kind of blow money. It's you know it's, it's a sad thing. I'll just I, collect I, the difference. As uh, as these guys know, I have like rebought because I, I switch between Android and iOS. You know, like every couple of years because I like to see what the newest version of Android is like, the newest version of iOS. And I think I've bought in every one of the Dragon Quest games on both platforms. You have kids, right? I'm surprised you have any money. <laughs> well, you know, I'm rich, but otherwise, yeah. 
Adam, how's that line go? I think, how's what line go? The kids. Oh, I can't afford that. I got kids. <laughs> That's one of, my, old, one of my sayings. Yeah, old throwback to early episodes. <laughs> Adam went off on a, I can't afford that. Isn't, now, you that, mentioned- isn't that a Total Recall line? I might be. No, that should be. No, isn't uh what is a total recall line? Oh, I got five kids to feed. Or oh, is that it what it was? So oh yeah. The, and then I think it was die Benny. <laughs> oh, by the way, Adam's uh, If I'm not me, then who the hell am I? Adam's the one that can do all the voices. Hey, do your Christopher Walken. <laughs> wow. No. <laughs> you gotta do more than that. I can't believe this retro pie guy's talking to us <laughs> that about amazing. development. That's I still need work. You got yeah, skills a <laughs> little bit. He does. He's he's actually uh, he should actually work on it. Maybe he could you know go on go on Kimmel sometime or Fallon. I, I think uh, I think that impersonation is like the most highly done <laughs> like christopher walken right. <laughs> but it's always entertaining that's the weird part like wow yeah. he does talk strange so jules i've got one one question for you here we've hit you with some pretty heavy ones but this is that one might you eat a vegetable based burger no <laughs> <laughs> well that's Possible a different topic burger. uh no this I one is this one sausage roll last week yeah it was good it, it was good no right. yeah well we can we can get into the rant adam's talking about but um, my my question, it's a hard-hitting one, but a lot is riding on this for you. When it comes to peanut butter, I need to know. I know listeners are waiting, but what what's it going to be for you? Are we talking crunchy or are we talking creamy peanut butter? Yeah, I'm a crunchy guy, but I don't... I, I, I'm English. I don't eat peanut butter. We eat Marmite. Yeah, that's true. What am I thinking? That's true. <laughs> and I blew it. I'm so stupid. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Can you explain oh. to me? Explain to me this um, peanut butter and jelly thing. What, yeah. Why? Why? Well, I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this out of my backside here. It, I got an answer. I got a backup answer. When okay, you're, when you're you done. probably have the He's real. Pulling answer. out of his backside, yeah. and you got a backup answer. <laughs> I don't want to no. hear. I don't want Dave's backside peanut butter. No, no. <laughs> it's it, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think that it was a way because <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, you, you know, no one could get their kids to eat anything healthy. And peanut butter back in the day was viewed as relatively healthy. The jelly from back in the day was most of the time homemade. And so very often you were getting, there's a lot of sugar in it, but you were getting at least some of that fruit, vegetable, uh, fruit, you know, nutrition or whatever else. And it's a way that they could basically get their kids to eat something at least halfway decent. Now it's basically just <laughs> candy that people just hand to their kids and tell them, shut up. And um, the kids are happy to eat it because it's literally just like eating candy. All right. I, I was not expecting I, such an informative and factual answer. <laughs> I, I think it's a bunch of crap. Here's mine. <laughs> Number one, there's a word. There's a reason they call them. They also call them preserves, and that was the preservation of this fruit. And the reason for the combination is simple: it's fruit and it's nuts, and it's something that you would normally, you know, gather and have on a on a oh. tray. But in order to preserve a lot of it, especially for the seasons where the stuff wasn't growing, it was put in jars and mm. just so happens that the fruit and nuts as spread on a sandwich is delicious. 
Mm. Oh, okay, you know that's bullcrap. All yep. right, I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> I've already opened up a can of worms. I'm really sorry. You love it. Yes. You've opened up a jar of peanut butter. Right so on he- show. here's here's actually how it originated. Okay, <laughs> so I I know a girl uh, who who thinks of ghosts. Okay, <laughs> here we go. She'll make your breakfast and she'll make your toast. Uh, but you know they found out that she don't use butter and you know she don't use cheese. Uh, she don't use jelly or any of these. You know what she uses, Jules? Uh, she uses Vaseline. Oh, huh. What song is that again? <laughs> the Flaming Lips. She don't use jelly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh. I was gonna say I knew that wasn't you coming up with that. <laughs> what? I'm not that cool. No. Oh, hold on. Before we move, though, I just want to say all three of us completely guessed at our answers for the peanut butter and jelly thing. It's <laughs> probably yeah. a completely different reason. <laughs> well, Google it. <sighs> right. You You're any- supposed to be the ninja. Can you get any good fish and chips where you are? Ooh, yeah. At a, at a few of the bars, yeah. A few, With salt few and vinegar. Clubs. Vinegar is very important on the chips. you got to right? have malt vinegar. I love yeah. it. Yep. Now, uh, being diabetic, I'm not supposed to have any of that, but you know what I do like? Uh, do they have, uh, we call them hush puppies here, they're like little balls of bread that's deep fried. Well, I've, do you watched, have those I've, I've seen Die Hard, so yeah. I... Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> what, what's delicious is you bite you bite the top off of one of those, and then you take the malted vinegar and you just soak the inside with that vinegar, and then you just enjoy the deliciousness. It, it, it sounds uh, it sounds good. It is. It's very good. All right. Now it's, that we're all hungry and, and ill informed, right? <laughs> let me let me bring it back to the gaming side because I know not to derail us and and get us away from the I guess you'd say more Jelly. serious topics, but oh. <laughs> You're just no, peanut butter I, and jealous. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I'm just wondering because I know we kind of were talking just prior to hitting record and stuff about some of the favorite games going on. Right. And I know, you, Jules, you said you didn't have a, one specific game that kind of got you into this, but what what are – I know you mentioned the Elite series from, from way back in the day. What else are, are some of those games? Let's, let's just geek out a little bit on some games here. Well, actually, it's in – I like your question because one of the things that I I meant to say and I forgot to was one of the things I like doing is playing stuff I haven't played. I mean, right. I, and right now I'm uh, playing. I've never had a uh, a Game Boy Advance, and I'm playing Metroid Zero Mission currently. Oh, and it's amazing and so good. <laughs> you got to get Fusion too. Now I, I am not a. Uh, since the my teenage years or my early 20s, I have not completed a game. These guys know it. I just have not completed a game, but I freaking lied because when I had a Game Boy Advance, I completed both Zero Mission and Fusion. Those games, oh, are just so amazing. I, I love them, and thank you for bringing those up. They blow away those stupid first-person perspective yeah. Metroids that were on the GameCube. <laughs> you got to be side-scrolling Metroid. <laughs> I, I'm it's the same with Castlevania. Of, it has yeah. to be the side-scrolling ones. I don't yes. want those 3D ones that were on the N64, and I think there's one on the PlayStation, and I don't know what else. But it's just so 2D well side-scrolling. The music, the atmosphere, the puzzles, the maps, the graphics. It's smooth. It's beautiful. Yeah. Now I've on the 3DS. I have been playing that Metroid, and I, why can't I remember what the name of it is right now? Uh, but it's a remake of uh, the original. Uh, no, not of the original of Zel- uh, Zelda. Oh my gosh, that's a great system too. But series, but Metroid Two that was on the Game Boy original, the Game Boy. Um, well, I've green not played screen. that one. 
Yeah, they they completely redid it. It's the same game, but with updated graphics and movement and stuff. But it's the same game, and it's it's awesome. And I can't for the life of me, I can't think of what it's called. Is it uh, Samus Returns? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yes. So, uh, do you have a 3DS or you just have a uh, the Game Boy Advance? Well, I'm just I'm just uh, playing on RetroPie on an emulator. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. You oh, heard by of the it. way, Game Boy Advance, <laughs> yeah. Game Boy Advance on a 50 inch screen is that not freaking amazing? <laughs> it is strange. It is strange, but it is awesome. <laughs> I feel Finally, like the size it needs to be. I feel yeah. like I'm. I feel like I'm trying to play on those big pianos that are on a floor, though. Those buttons are so huge. Yeah, oh, all right. <laughs> You're just a Tom Hanks fan, I know. <laughs> yeah, big. <laughs> First what time what, I, what else are you playing? That about Dave. What? <laughs> what else are you playing, Jules? Well, I, I like going through old arcade games and trying to find new ones I haven't I've missed. But I'm, there's a bunch sure. of stuff I love on which I used to put when I used to go to this uh, the swimming pool as a kid, and my mum would give me some money to use on the vending machine, get a chocolate bar. I always sure. used to sneak into the arcade bit, which I wasn't nice. allowed to, you see. Sneak yeah. in there and have a go on the arcades. So I like playing a bunch of old arcade games, everything from Gallagher, uh, Green Beret, R-Type, OutRun. You know, there, there, there's so many good ones. Um, yeah. Other games I like playing, um, for, uh, lots of Amiga games because I'm a big Amiga fan. Uh, for example, recently I've been I've been playing some uh, Sensible Software games again recently. Sensible Soccer, one of them, which I've already mentioned maybe, and also a Megalomania, mm-hmm. which is another game from them. It's kind of like an RTS type thing. That's good. Uh, I were, that uh, I do remember they had a, a release of that on the PC and also the Sega Genesis. I remember they had a Sega Genesis version too. Well, what What are you playing? Uh, if you, what retro stuff do you like to play? Me, I I actually. I'm kind of in the same boat because when I was growing up, I didn't I didn't have any of the early Atari or um, PC stuff, you know, or Commodore C sixty four, any of that stuff. So I started basically, yeah. Well, I, I started with the with the original NES and and moved forward from there. But I just I, I've been going back, just enjoying. There's so many games that I never got into because I would have to rent them. You know, you, you'd mm-hmm. spend a couple bucks and and spend you know three days with it before you brought it back to the you know the rental shop and. Um, so, so many of the games that were, I knew would be longer, like role players and things like that. I never rented. So I've been going back and, and trying out a lot of those. I just did a, um, went and visited another, another podcast that does a retro gaming show. Uh, it's a, a kid I graduated with, uh, not a kid anymore, but, um, we reviewed a game called Deja Vu, which was, I don't know, very weird. It, how did he explain it, Jason? A, a mud mush and moo? I think that's what he said. Yeah, with, but yeah, it's you know, like like a classic point and click that was on you know the, on PCs at the time. God, nice. Right. Yeah, it, it's got a fun story. It's infuriatingly frustrating as far <laughs> as it, the the NES slow cursor speed. Very rudimentary uh, graphics. Right. Yep, and it's just so so stuff like that. I basically still <laughs> images like a every yep. room was just like a still image. Right. Drawn yeah. in gorgeous eight bit pixels. Did you ever yeah, play sweet. through the any of you ever play through the like the Monkey Island games and stuff like that? I didn't. I mean I, I played a little bit of the Maniac Mansion, but oh, I never good. played yeah. through it. Um oh, what else was there? Um The Dig. Uh what was it? Steven Spielberg's The Dig. Yeah, that's that was that's, pr- that's excellent. I I didn't complete it, but it, I've played it. 
Yeah, it was it was actually amazing at the time. Uh, I was a big PC guy back then, and I don't I don't think Dave or Adam really were into all no. those PC games like uh, Star Trek uh, Judgment Rights. <laughs> I believe it was called. Do you remember the old Star Trek point and click? I re I remember uh, one on the Amiga, but I didn't have a PC back okay. then. Now uh, you've mentioned Amiga a lot of times. Uh, yeah. Now over in the UK, Amiga was probably bigger than you know PCs were, right? Yeah, I mean, there was a big... Then DOS machines. We used to like to argue, you know, which was... The Amiga's which was better. better than the PC. We've got real sound. <laughs> Four channels oh. of stereo sound. And, well, you know. definitely. I mean, that was that was one of the huge things. A lot of um, musical artists were using Amigas back in the day because, yeah. you yeah. know, a PC couldn't do any of it. And a PC was limited originally to, like, four colors, and um, and then when they got up to 16 colors, it was like, whoa, almost photorealistic. No, not really. You had to get up to 256 <laughs> to kind of be photorealistic. But the Amiga, how many colors uh, palette did it have? The, the, well, the Amiga had a, originally a palette of 4,096 colors, of whoa. which you could, the, the, it had a screen mode where you could display all of them, although it was slow. Oh, okay. <laughs> to do that, but you could display sixty-four. Um, but using you could change the palette as you were displaying stuff, so you could display those loads of colors. <laughs> now I remember my high school. Now I was I was in high school in the eighties. I graduated in nineteen ninety, so I'm sure I'm uh, you know speaking you know ancient to you guys. But we did have an in our art class. We did have an Amigo with a slate, uh, you know, a graphic slate. And we used to, you know, just marvel at how good the graphics were and stuff. And I can't even remember what the deluxe what the paint. Pro it might have been deluxe paint, yeah, that we were using on there. And um, and then there was some music software we were using, but that was the only Amiga in the entire school. Was there was one in the art room, and it was probably because the art teacher was like, "We need to have one of those." <laughs> Every everything else was Apple II E's. You were right. spoiled that, to have an Amiga at school. Oh, I, well, yeah, but it was like everybody wanted to use it. So I was like, all right, well, maybe next week I'll get on it. Because <laughs> right. uh, so the first people that got into the art class would jump right on it. Mm. And you guys probably never even seen an Amiga in your life, have you? I don't think I have. Not in person, though. You know, Adam, I think at our, when we went on our little adventure this weekend at that, um, that uh, museum thing, I think they had one there or were, were doing something with games oh, from, yeah, they might from have. that. That's interesting. That would... that, good, timely conversation. I was going to bring that up too, Dave. So, yeah. Um, so over this weekend, Dave and I had the opportunity. We went to uh, the Science Museum of Minnesota has an exhibit right now called Game Changers, and it's um, basically the evolution of gaming. And they had um, multiple original arcade games there from Asteroid, Centipede, Donkey Kong, Elevator Action, um, Burger Time. No, no, they no. didn't have Burger Time, but oh. they, had, they had Missile Command, Pac-Man, a lot of the original, you know, that we saw, also saw on like the Ataris and everything. But they actually mm -hmm. had the consoles there. Yeah, for for anybody who paid, you know, the the entrance fee to even get in the museum, anybody, it, they, all these games were free to play. Yeah, and they also then they had each exhibit was a very large room with um, you know, all these different systems set up. You know, they had uh, Black and White, Broken Age. You know, Diablo mm -hmm. three. They had Fable. They had so many of these games set up, um, just kind of stepping through the years and all these highlights and interesting. Original. Populous was Populous there. It was. Yes, it was sweet. The, yeah, that actually, was a big game back in. That was an amazing game. Day. Yeah, that the guy that the creator of that he had a few others too. Was there one? Was it called Black and White? That's right. Yeah, that, that was, was on the late. Xbox, right? 
Yeah, okay. later. Yep. But it was a it was a pretty pretty cool uh, exhibit that they had there because you mm-hmm. could play all of them, and they had a lot of the original artwork that people yeah. came up with. You know, their um, concept art on display and stuff like that. The whole reason we went was just, let's look at these retro games. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they had, we skipped through a lot of it cause they actually had tons of like interviews with these, you know, creators of these systems and games and all the stuff. Really cool display. I mean, if, if you find yourself down in, in Minnesota, St. Paul area, check it out. Um, it's well worth it. I mean, I think you'll dig it if you're a gaming fan, but the one thing there that, um, what was the, I can't remember the creator's name of Populous. Um uh but I know he they he had a system that was like four different ones. Cause he was the he was the guy that basically introduced the the idea of this kind of god mode game. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and, and Populous uh, was just amazing. That was released on like so many systems. Yeah. Uh, it was released on, you know, the cartridge console systems, which it, it, the best version was on, you know, actual computers. I uh, mean, Dave, the, was that the one that were that you played where you you play like the hand and you're grabbing yep. stuff? And, okay. Yep. Yeah. You I, can I raise and po- lower the land uh, and all that kind of stuff. I want to point out that Dave played Parappa the Rappa. I did. And, and I stunk. <laughs> Stunk, he was, he, you he always visibly, beat that. He was visibly upset at the end of it. <laughs> Is that a PlayStation game? Yes. Yeah, original PS1. Yeah. I don't think I've ever it, played that. I think it's, kick it's, it's a must-have game. It's all in the though, mind. Right? It's, it's one of the important ones that I haven't played, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, Parappa basically, if you look at things like Guitar Hero and Rock Band and those games that came Rhythm later... Based. Yeah, right. Parappa was one of the first rhythm-based games, you know, and and you're going on. There's a story through it, and you're you're taking your character on this adventure. It's all really weird. The graphics are kind of like everybody, all the characters, everybody is basically like a paper doll, two-dimensional, but like Paper when, Mario. Yeah, when they move, like you see that they're they're just flat, two-dimensional, but they they animate them. They're dancing, moving, all the stuff. And I used to when I bought that game, I, I think I. I popped it in and I played it and had it beat within, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes or something like that. And I used to just beat it at will, you know, just jump in, play it and finish it. And I, I thought, oh, I got to try this again. And I jumped on it and I didn't even make it past the and first And at the museum, guy. little kids were laughing at him. No, like, ah! little, that was the one thing. Little kids weren't really laughing at anyone because most of them were trying to figure out how to play these games. I, I think yep. we probably spent the most time playing in the arcade section. <laughs> probably. Because it, we, I mean, they had everything from even like the old class, like Tempest and, um, what was the one Adam you mentioned last week? Towers of Druaga. Yeah, Towers of Towers of Draga was was actually, <laughs> I had never even heard of that game when when we were trying to figure out which game Dave was trying to remember. That was one I suggested. Well, we yeah. show up here and it's there in arcade form. Yeah, and I got to play it. Yep. And you defeated it. No. Oh, oh yeah, he was there for hours. What what were some <laughs> of the big arcade games duels that you played? I know you mentioned you spent a lot of time sneaking into the arcade. Uh yeah, so I mean, the Outrun cabinet was amazing. <laughs> they had that one here too. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't believe how good the graphics were on that. It was like nothing right. I'd seen. Um also uh, things like Green Beret, which I think I already mentioned, our mm-hmm. uh, type very good. I love oh those. yeah, I love those side-scrolling shooters. Uh, one of my favorite was on the NES. It was called uh, it was called um, Life Force in America, but it was called Salamander in Japan. Uh, yeah, that's an excellent game. God, oh, I Life love Force that game great. so much. Yeah. What What are you playing at the moment? Uh, 
these guys, uh, you know, they, they get mad at me because we all bought Fallout 76 and I refuse to play it. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the games that I've actually been playing a lot lately is I've been playing Ark on my tablet again, on my iPad. What's that? Ark Survival Evolved. Have you no. seen this game at all? No. Okay. It's Skip it. one of those survival, you know, harvesting, crafting. You, uh, it's it. You're you're dropped on this island with dinosaurs, and you just have to survive. It's a full 3D world, great graphics, and uh, they have an iPad version, an iOS version, and surprisingly, the graphics are almost exactly like they are on a high-end PC, which. That's that's something that blows my mind. How an iPad's graphics can be that good? I mean, it doesn't even have that good a GPU in it. It's like, how can it be? How can this game look as good as it does on uh, uh, GeForce uh, GTX 2080? It doesn't make any sense to me. But anyways, mm -hmm. it that's what I've been playing, and also my time in Porsche as a game I just recently got, and I think that's a little bit of fun. It's it's a it's kind of like a mix of Ark and uh, Minecraft and you know uh, I don't know uh, Animal Crossing. I'm gonna throw Animal Crossing in there because there's a lot of collecting and stuff. Do you have one of these new consoles? I have a PS4, right. but my girls just play uh, Fortnite all day on it. <laughs> How about I have you? a ton <laughs> of games on it, but I never play. How about you, Dave and Adam? Uh, most recent for me, I've got is a PS3 still console wise. I've been playing well. So Jason gave me a retro pie for Christmas, which was awesome of him. Yes. And so going back, going back and um, playing uh, a lot of the games I had as kid as a kid that I had trouble beating or never beating, like Castlevania. Um, I'm showing my daughters the the whole Super Mario. Um, Castlevania <laughs> on the original stuff. NES. Or? Yes. Yep. That was the it's one. It's difficult. It oh, was yeah. very difficult, especially at the end. Um, exploring some of the Neo Geo stuff. There's some pretty cool games in there. Um, have you have you hit for, the TurboGrafx 16 yet? I don't think so. But I've. But you guys need to check out the TurboGrafx 16. There's some great games on it. How about you, Jules? Have you ever played the Turbo? Yeah, and it's amazing. I think we were talking about this the other week uh, because it's technically an 8-bit system, but with uh, basically a 16-bit graphics chip yeah. because it, well it, it looks like a 16-bit system it, it's a, the graphics are amazing and all the arcade conversions are they're so close to the arcade and yeah like renegade and Did you all play the, the renegade? scrolling super smooth on the shoot em ups uh, I, yeah it's good yeah and then we got dave and adam who refused to even try it wow i've, I've tried about? it you have not that's disappointing, sure, isn't it? I'll try. It I'm, is. I'm such a failure. <laughs> hey, Jules, do you want to come on the podcast with me? I'm kicking these two yahoos off. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get a lot of time to play, though. I, I play mostly on the PC and the RetroPie lately, just because with the, between this show and the other one I do and uh, kids running around, I've got two young kids, so I don't I don't get a lot of time to, to play like I'd like, but... You know, I've got to say though, when when you're talking about the retro games, what I've been going back playing, I will still. I, I did I did pick up the um, the NES and, and SNES classic minis, and I do still enjoy jumping into like Punch Out and Tecmo Bowl and some of those just for like a quick. If I've got 15, 20 minutes to kill, you know, they're they're still classics. I love going back to. What do you think about the Mega Man games? Because I I like them, but I can't play them. They're impossible. 
Mega Man 2 yeah. was my favorite. That game to me was just amazing. Uh, I still bought the Sega Genesis when it came out in 89, but when Mega Man 2 came out, it really made me start to think, do I need to go to 16-bit? Because that game was... Um, how big some of those sprites were. They were like the largest sprites I had seen on the NES at that time. Yeah. Do any of you remember specifically Mega Man 2? I just... I, I think that's the one that they included on the NES Mini. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. And I, I just played... If that is, it's the one I, I was playing it a little bit about two weeks ago. And... Um, you're right, Jules. It is insanely hard. I remember I played those a ton as a kid and I used to read the Nintendo Power magazine to figure out the hints of what order to do yeah, the bosses Yeah, that's what through. I was going to say. It's not as hard as you guys think. You have to do them in order because yep. to beat one of the robot uh, bosses, you have to have acquired the power from one of the other ones. Right. And once you do it in order, they are easier. Now, if you try to do them out of order, yeah, you're just going to be like... I can't beat this guy. <laughs> right. I think I'm just too old. I, there was a time when I used to think I could get better at playing games, and I think those those days are over. I'm getting worse. <laughs> My hand-eye coordination, I can't even see properly. Right. <laughs> okay, Jules, you've mentioned this a couple of times now. Uh, you need to let our listeners know, how old a guy are you? Uh, younger than you. Uh, no, for- oh, exactly. <laughs> everyone, oh. everyone is right. Uh, Forty-two. <laughs> That's a good point. Probably on the show, yes. Forty-two. Okay. Oh, okay. So we're, so we're you're pretty older close than those age. two guys. Yeah, I'll Not be forty-one much. this summer. So 40 yeah, forty-eight for in May. Forty for me. Yeah, you and, know, and surprise, I look younger than all of you. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Jules, you're the, 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 huh? <laughs> <laughs> better Your than Jurgens. <laughs> um, you were you were mentioning though about just the hand-eye coordination. I I've been running into this trying to play uh, Super C, which was I think the uh, Contra Two, I, and that was a game I loved playing as a kid. I I know the board. I've been I've been attempting to play this thing, and I literally cannot get past the first board, even though oh. it's all it's all memorization because the guys pop up in the same place. You know what's going on, and I just cannot do it. Are you playing that in emulation? No, I'm playing it on my my NES Classic. Oh, for that I was going to say if you do it in emulation, just God mode it. Well, not all of us like to just cheat at our games. <laughs> See, Jules, that's the thing. Since I've ever known Jason, if there's a way. <laughs> what? If there's a way Whoa. to find a cheat mode, a god mode, an unlimited health <laughs> mode, a uh, I'm invincible mode, whatever it is, he will find it, and that's how he plays his games most of the time. Okay, not all the time, but okay. I loved the original <laughs> Bioshock. That uh, game, the story is amazing, but it was too hard for me in my oldness. Oh, I thought it was Bioshock. Yes. Like, <laughs> like it's a hawk. So, so I did God Mode Bioshock so that I could go through the entire game and and live the story. And it was. It lived up to expectations. That was a fantastic game. Nice. Yeah. I've not played that. I've not played it. No, not yet. Uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, I've... you can go on a Steam, and I believe you could pick up uh, all three of them for like 20 bucks. I'm That's how about... I got. I got in the big Steam sale. I haven't played it yet. I, I bought the entire series was in a big bundle for cheap, yeah, cheap. I uh, did one too. Of the, one of the summer or winter sales, but it was really good. I mean, I love Steam sales. I mean, I have more games than I can ever play between Steam, Origin, Bethesda, uh, RetroPie, um, PS4, Wii U, Xbox 360. 
I have literally thousands of games, and I play Ark. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how it goes sometimes. We get into those phases of, I'm just going to play this for now, and right. that's just kind of how it works. Um, I think we might be having to put the lid on the soup here, gentlemen. I want to give a special thanks to Jules for joining us today. Yes. I think this thanks has been fantastic. Me. Yeah, absolutely. It's very insightful and really interesting to kind of see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, with the RetroPie stuff and just to hear your perspective as well as a, as a fellow gamer, geek person. And I, I give that out as a compliment word. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's taken as such. So, uh, Jules, do you want to ha- put out any information out there for where people can find you or your project or anything like that? I could give the URL to RetroPie. Uh, RetroPie.org.uk Fantastic. So definitely .org.uk? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And uh, I have a personal blog at jwills.org uk i think <laughs> we'll verify that right now yeah it, uh, and if that's not correct you know just give it to us and we'll, we'll link that in our notes cool. that is correct that is correct what is it again jwills.co.uk coding retro gaming and more awesome. so definitely check that out again thank you jules for being on the show with us and for yes. all things digital soup listeners head on over to the digital soup podcast.com where you can find all the information about our podcast, our extra articles, social media, you name it. And be sure to reach out and say hi to us on any of those platforms. And of course, um, we want you to subscribe, tell a friend about us, the whole nine yards. And, um, again, if you haven't checked out the retro pie before and you're interested, it's a pretty intriguing project. So retropie.org.uk, correct? Correct. Did I recite that? Probably? I believe okay, so. Yes. So, Uh, From all of us at the Digital Soup Podcast, to all of you listeners, thank you for joining us for this awesome conversation and good time, and we will catch you next time. Take care, guys, and thanks again, Jules, for coming up. Later, UK Gators. See ya.